0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost and Criterion. I'm John Patrick Ohitari Dorgan, and with me as always is a man who's known all around town as the Dingling Man. <laughs> I am the jingling Man. I mean, if you gotta have a name, man, you gotta have a name.
1: Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Yeah. Over there for just a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode. You get to vote on that bonus episode. You get access well, to I mean, all if you pay previous for it. bonus episodes. Well, uh, listen,
0: only a dollar a month. I, I just realized that I, if you're doing what I'm doing, which is not paying attention, then uh, it's confusing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to say it. I'm just glad saying it's confusing. If you don't pay attention to this entire pitch the people is kind who haven't confusing. been paying attention. Yeah. 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 You know, if you're not paying attention, everything's confusing, Pat.
0: True, true. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, not gonna start paying attention. That's not gonna
1: happen. But our one dollar tier you do get to vote on what we're gonna watch. You do get access to all the previous uh bonus episodes, you do get access to a uh a steadily
0: but slowly
1: Increasing number of outtakes of cutting room floors,
0: sort of. Probably thing. Adam trying to log into Patreon. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that could be yeah. one.
1: I didn't say the password while trying to log in, so no. Yeah, I mean I could you're safe. Throw that up. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, cutting the room floor. You know, not a. It's just, just that are a little too notes. far, and and uh. One of them is Pat apologizing for misremembering a classic film.
0: That a movie that about. I have watched so many times. <laughs> but we watched some
1: pretty good movies over there. I put together a list where I take suggestions from our supporters uh, on what the list should be or what movie I should orient the list toward. Um, our most recent list as of this recording was the 2020 inductees to the National Film Registry at the U.S. Library of Congress. Um, you guys didn't make us watch Shrek which was great very very happy I mean, that you didn't potato, make us watch. I mean, you Shrek. know, I mean
0: like you you know, you say it's great. I mean, I could have watched Shrek. Yeah, I mean it would have been fine. Shrek would have so, been fine.
1: Nothing wrong with Shrek. Well, I mean.
0: I mean there's a lot wrong with Shrek. Let's be clear. Yeah. It's a whole <laughs> lot wrong with Shrek. Let's not go too far. Yeah, I kind what I don't, don't want like, you know, I don't want to say things that we to regret later. Right. That's what the main podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, that's all one dollar. For a little, little above that, uh, five dollars a month. Just we do like to thank those people on air, uh, just for the people you know who who feel like we deserve a little extra. And there's there's one of those right now, and it's our <laughs> dear friend Stephen Goldmeyer. So we're way so grateful said, for He
0: said, "It's like like you know, for the people who think we deserve a little treat." <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. I think Once we're good a month, boys. Five dollar treat. We're good boys. <laughs> we're very good boys.
1: Uh a bit above that, uh, we have something that's very special and very happy that so many people have engaged with it. Um, at $10 and above, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently, and I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little thank you note, and mail that off. And Pat, I have been so happy with the run of postcards we're on. Uh, um, even I though you, made me, s- what? you made me think about Mishima again,
0: and I, I never know. wanted to think about Mishima again with me the too. most recent one. Well, Why we've not? talked about it's, art as a method of exercising right, demons. Right. Um, yeah. I have spent probably the probably about two months. I guess it is like well, I mean, I guess I just have to quit <laughs> my job, or I guess reorient all of my research towards just like writing essentially hate speech about <laughs> Mishima, uh, and like probably lose it. my it's probably lose my job. Um, yeah, and so I I like this. I literally think. With the exception of the, uh, I forget the I forget the movie now the the the, um, unha- the unhappy Godzilla doctor one? man uh, oh
1: oh yes yes, yes. Uh, I don't uh,
0: remember the name of the movie anymore I can't think of it yeah I'm I can't either think of
1: it. it was one of the the late fifties horror movies that we watched um, British one. Uh, about anesthesia. <laughs> an anesthesiologist. It's the weirdest yeah. movie. It was the weirdest an movie. And then the
0: postcard was my, was it was my yeah. longstanding favorite one. I think, and I'm sorry for you if you're signing up for the Patreon now because that the postcard that I, we're going to talk about is already gone. The Mishima postcard is literally my favorite one. It's also the one I put the most number of hours into, straight up.
1: Yeah. Because it's I had good. to
0: create the skeleton first, which <laughs> took me, I had to get, I had to, because I had, I couldn't, there's no skeletons in the correct pose. And I wanted the pose to match the pose from the photo, like precisely. Right. Right. So I had to first 3d render out a skeleton in the exact pose so that I could then draw. It took a while, it's uh, but it's it was so worth weird. it I'm so because I wanted it. The only thing I realized there was one flaw in the design. I should, I believe I should have banded the gradient in the background. It shouldn't, mm. it shouldn't be a smooth gradient. It should be banded. Uh, I, I've talked about this before, and I think I may do it. I Now that I have enough of a body of work of things that are just like my own real designs and not things I just basically like whipped Whip. out in like 15 minutes, yeah. um, I think I might start some sort of like print-on-demand poster thing <laughs> involving my favorite <laughs> ones. This month's postcard is probably the best one I've ever made. I really love this At one. least it's my personal favorite. Yeah.
1: The January postcard is very, very good.
0: And I will uh, endeavor to make it something that somebody could access even if they yeah. weren't a Patreon in January. That is a noble cause, and I think we should do that. But
1: we do want to thank our people who were Patreon supporters in January. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you to our $10 and above supporters, Patrick Yacco, Michael McGrath, Jason Westaver, Christopher Otto, Adam Speakerman, all $10 and above and all... Uh, just so glad to have you guys on board. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, thank you for your so much. And thank you to you listeners. We're glad to have yeah, you. Yeah, everybody. Here too. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. This week we are talking about Twenty Four Eyes, a 1954 Japanese drama directed by uh, Kisuki Kinoshita. That was bad. Close that enough. Was bad.
0: Yeah. I I uh, don't have the web page open. I forgot that that's a thing that yeah. Wikipedia exists. Uh, so give me a second.
1: This is our first Kinoshita film. We will watch one more from him sometime in the distant future. Uh, one of his other. Uh, I
0: mean, there's a bunch of his that look just absolutely amazing. So if it's right. only one, there's I'm a lot of a his that are in the,
1: yeah, there are a lot of his that are in the eclipse collection and we may have to make a, make a list. Maybe after we watch the the second one, we'll do a, do a list of the eclipse ones. That'll be uh, spine six forty, I believe. So So it's not that far. A few years, yeah. Uh, But yeah, Uh, as I said, this is our first film with him. Um, This came out in nineteen fifty four. He had been making movies for a few years. He started off as cinematographer, and then he was you know the sort of japanese workhouse director that we're so familiar with um you know putting out two or three movies a year even yeah, even at the point when he was doing 24 eyes he was you know he he did i think three other movies that year too yeah yeah um this is kind of a culmination of his work at at one point he was putting out so many movies that according to the uh, documentary bonus feature, yeah. which is by Tadeo Sato, who is a film historian in yeah. Japan. Um, he was putting out so many movies uh, and doing so well that the studio paid for him to take a trip to Paris for six months.
0: Yeah, uh, and apparently Sato a, describes it life yeah. a, a life altering experience, I guess. <laughs> right,
1: Sato describes it as a vacation, and then casually mentions that it was six months. <laughs> um, uh. But he, yeah, he had a
0: a life altering. I don't know what year that was. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean that's the, the under, that's sort of the unfortunate thing about that hit that documentary is that it doesn't right. contextualize things in terms of a of a like linear timeline very well. Right, so it's, and, right, and he says, well, when he got back, his his films got a lot more lyrical. Uh but like it's hard to but say. Also,
1: a, a lot more social.
0: Too. Oh wait, <laughs> right. Yeah, although inter- no, I think this was definitely before Twenty Four Eyes because if memory serves, it did mention in the documentary that he s- read the book that the this he read a book by the author that this was based off of, but couldn't mm-hmm. get the rights when he got back from France for that, and instead got the rights to Twenty Four Eyes instead uh, right. because the some small studio had already purchased the rights to another book by that author whose name is escaping, it's like Tobio or something but i can't remember his name uh yeah Sakai Tobio Tsubio, sorry Subio uh and sorry Tsuboi. i'm not reading correctly <laughs> at all there you i do I, I have trouble reading japanese in with in english but yeah yeah he had he was a japanese novelist and they uh he wanted that work couldn't get it and then was like well this is good i like this one too so, right, and and right. I think that was in France. I think he had, they mentioned that he read the book in France. Right. Uh, and then, right. So, so, yeah.
1: so this wasn't, uh, it's not like he went to France and hung out with Truffaut and decided to make a, a different sort of movie. Um, no, no. Yeah. You
0: know, it seems like, I, like, they, one, because
1: it predates, and two, because. This is a pretty Ozu sort of movie too. Like this is already in line with a certain set of. Japanese yeah, it is. Films. It
0: has it has the sort of like the f- sort of style of an uh, it is much more revol. Like it's the the doc the documentary makes it tries to make it sound not, but like it is much more revolutionary in politics than an Ozu film would usually be. Right, um, right. it's not like there's also that it's not like it's... in your face with it, like it could be, but it is like a Ozu film would applaud a very different set of values, yeah, in the right in the characters,
1: right, uh, the criterion essay, which is by Audi Bach, and Audi Bach finishes the essay very delightfully, pointing out that uh of all the directors I have interviewed the world over. He is the only one who has ever sent me a dozen roses as a thank you. (laughs) Um, He's a good guy. Uh, But but Bach points out that Kinoshita, even earlier, 1944, he made a movie called Army, uh, which uh, shows mothers distraught instead of proud about their sons going off to war. Uh, so, so that sort of, uh, familial love and communal love, uh, aspect of this movie of, of the love of children and not wanting to see them die in war, uh, in as much as, you know, that's part of the anti-war sentiment of this movie is something he'd been doing since before the war was over.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, Which is, which is astonishing, right? Like, I mean, like like getting a, like, well and it and it's one of those weird and it's and the documentary in this sort of like talks about it a little bit, but like it's a it's a weird loophole right to a certain extent right like you you can almost it seems like get away with an anti war film as long as it's in it's couched in the sort of like the grief of mothers it, it's a it's an interesting right. and of course by nineteen fifty four you're not getting away with anything like you're you're
1: you right. know, right. I mean,
0: like that sentiment. Like this is fully in line with the sentiment that I've come to expect from post-war Japanese directors regarding the war. Like this is, right. Like this is the this becomes for a little while at least the sort of default mental state about how you view the war. Like this was all a mistake. We like, you know what I mean. Like that. That. Not quite to the point of like contrition, but a sort of like we like we need to talk about this kind of thing. Right. And we've seen it in other directors. This is not like this is like probably, I think, the best one or at least one of my favorites with regards to the way it deeply, deeply engages with that topic.
1: I Uh, think for this era, it's certainly the most overt engagement with that topic. Right. From Japan. Right. Uh in that regard it's very much like the cranes are flying, right? Um Absolutely, yeah. You know, the Soviets had a t- slightly different view because <laughs> I think I think the Soviets, even within the Cranes of Flying, still the Cranes of Flying is an anti war movie to a to a level, right? Um and it's all about showing the horrors of war on the war and crane you know, most of the Soviet stuff. Cranes Are Flying shows it at home, right? Right. And this is a different take on that because we're also in a place where the war itself did not make it to where this movie is set. Right. No one's getting firebombed
0: in this. No. no right. I mean, American you know,
1: airplanes flying over.
0: Well, and also but, the movie is not in, is not interested in engaging with that as a as an idea, right? Like, right. Because right, right. like that kind of would almost trample on the goal of the movie, which is like. No matter how detached you were from the war, right, you were still in the war, and like you still there is no detachment from the war. Yeah, you don't get not part of
1: it. Cranes of Flying shows that by just having our main characters be victims of direct war violence, right, right. Whereas here, the war violence is indirect, but that emotional toll is still what this movie wants to explore, and and to a certain extent, that abstraction is important for long-term dealing with the aftermath of a war right right because it's not about just who was in the war who died who survived who had a family member who died directly it's also about the community taking that hit
0: right 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 yeah I mean like and and exactly and and you know the documentary talks about it the, that short documentary talks about it, but that idea that like oh like, we all will look on the back on this in sorrow, like we don't nobody gets to look back and 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 gets to look back on this as like something that was good, right now interestingly enough, as time goes on, we see that like even that sentiment can be can be lost right like that like right i mean we we dealt with mishima we've dealt with like other you know. If you deal with the Japanese right wing at all, it's like, oh, no, that was all great shit. We were we were up to some We this was all fantastic. Let's try it again. It, it's it's. And like the 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 documentary tries to say that, well, you know, even if you're, a, you know, a hard ass who's like, oh, yeah, like this is it was fine. None of these things happened. You would still have that sorrow. From like all the people you knew and lost and what your community lost, and it's like, well, clearly, as it pays out over time, not as much as we thought, but <laughs> like you know, but then again we're you those generations that actually went through that are passing away, and the 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 sort of halls of power like it doesn't matter that sorrow becomes irrelevant if it would get certain people what they want, right, like in the world right it it's an it's just an interesting thing to think about that. How even that sentiment of sorrow is not is not eternal, right? doesn't last forever right, right, and you know
1: I think part of that um and cranes of flying deals with this, and this this deals into this, part of that is basing an anti war message on a feeling of sentimentality right um that that sentimentality is itself fleeting. Uh, yeah. And tying your anti-message to that uh, makes your anti-war message fleeting in itself. Not to what? not to say that other anti-war messages we've seen...
0: Are, as, or, are or effective either. Are as,
1: yeah, are as permanent, right? What? Because everybody reacts to those things differently and everybody can say at the time when watching fires on the plane, hey, war is hell and this is all bad. And then... <laughs> Right, and then you know
0: you still go back to (laughs) war. Right, absolutely. I mean, I will say that to the to the sort of like credit of a movie like this, if you are functionally a human capable of empathy, the events of this movie will make you cry. (laughs) Right, like Like, it works. I mean, you will you will feel a need to examine your personal opinions about what (laughs) war entails. But it's always dependent on you being a fully functional human being capable of the emotional spectrum necessary for that level. Pat, of I don't want to
1: I don't want to know true Scotsman all of humanity right now. So <laughs> maybe
0: maybe. I'm just I'm just saying that, like, I mean, but then again, like you get into this thing where, you know, not to go too deep in this, but like you get into this thing where. Like you should have already gone through that if you were gonna go through that, right like right you know what I mean right. like if you're an, if you're not you know my son watching this with me at ten years old, trying to understand that sorrow as a child right like you're you're still processing those kind of a like that gaining those skills if you're anything older than that and you don't you haven't already figured out that war is a thing we shouldn't be doing right, right. I'm sorry, but like pro- I don't know what the movie will do for you, you'll probably still cry and then like be like. But, yeah, the wars we're doing are okay. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. I also
1: want to caution against the phrasing you were using in that because uh, I think there are plenty of ways to get to war is bad that don't involve being a, quote, fully functioning human being. I think (laughs) they're depending on—I know what you mean by that phrase, Mm. but uh, there are ways that we could use that phrase that would suggest
0: that— That's a good point. Yeah. Right. You're right. And I'm uh, sorry for that. I I mean mainly I I am talking about the capability of empathy as a human right. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, but yes. Anyway,
1: uh I am really fascinated in this movie in that I have you know some of the like reception section on uh on theme section on on the Wikipedia page talks about uh, people responding to this film. The uh, The American author David Dresser's quote on this almost sounds, almost sounds too uh, like anti-Japanese in the way he describes it. I didn't movie. read any of the Wikipedia yet, so I'm, I'm a little bit. Yeah. Kinoshita desires to make the basic decency of the woman, or of, of one woman, stand in opposition to the entire militarist era in Japan which like there's a there's a good reading of that and a bad reading right, of that yeah <laughs> but, but i can't kind of can't help but the bad reading of that like like this guy's dismissing all of Japan um i mean that's it's not entirely unfair to this movie though like she's the only the only character <laughs> <laughs> who We really interact with, right? I mean, uh, we she's get it. I hints mean, yeah. of other teachers, yeah. We get hints of other teachers getting in trouble for being anti-war, right? Um, right, but they're
0: they're all. I mean, literally, there's no character in this movie that is not a side character to her. Like, right, right, right. Like Absolutely, th- those teachers are are hint. They are they are set pieces for her experiences right and like and then again that's again that part of what's supposed to make this so effective is that you're not trying to understand the emotional journey of a lot of people you're trying to understand the emotional journey of a single person
1: yeah i also really love that this movie isn't just dealing with uh the emotional impact of war and the developmental impact of of war on children Uh, But also poverty, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so many of her characters have to drop out of school, uh, get shuffled off to other family and forced into being a waitress at a tea shop. Uh, And, you know, Oishi, uh, you know, her response to being told not to teach the anti-war book is to give a... Uh, age-appropriate
0: Marxist lesson. (laughs) Right, well, and and then, like, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? And, like, later on we find out exactly, because it's, the the storytelling on that is really interesting because she's just doing it and you're like, well, well, this is probably not going to work out well. And then later on, it comes up again and, well, like, they were asking what happened because, you know, kids are not stupid. (laughs) They know things are happening. And she was trying to explain kind of give a ground piece for why this person and like i interestingly enough had to have a very similar conversation with my son right around roughly that section in the movie because it's like okay well like what's going on here right like because he has had various things for me and you know he's got school but like school deals with this stuff a lot differently than even something like this does in the modern era it's 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 a it's it's they don't deal directly with the idea of like what what is fascism, what right. what is an imperial what is an empire and like why would somebody get in trouble, what kind of things get a person in trouble in an empire in a fascist empire, uh, right, and and that sort Turn, of stuff. So,
1: turns out being against war even mildly is right. Right. Well, then we got into uh,
0: talking about that and and. We had an interesting, we had a mild conversation about what it means to be, what it means to be a, a, a communist or a socialist and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it was yeah. interesting. And now if you have another son, you'll name him Armand Hammer. Yeah. And I mean, the only, <laughs> the real downside of that is, is the fact that there's, that there's also the baking soda. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Of course. Um, I was fascinated by one aspect of the documentary, I don't know. I tried to do a little outside uh, outside research on it, and I couldn't find any information. So I don't know if you have, uh, being a teacher in Japan, if you have mm-hmm. some sort of information on this. But um, what, uh, uh, what uh, Sato refers to as the Bolshevized Teachers Incident. Um, um I
0: didn't I've not heard of that specific f- specific one but I am aware of those kinds of uh sort of crackdowns but yeah, I'm sure communist. I'm sure it's a real one. I, I just don't Right. He I yeah. I have forgotten I didn't look it up. He he mentioned what island it where it was. I think it was in um Nagoya? Mhm. But I can't remember teacher um yeah, I I
1: tried looking it up and all I could find on uh teacher purges were about uh 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 pro-Japanese anti-Korean. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, purges
1: of pro-Korean teaching uh during the occupation.
0: My guess would be that my guess would be that very little has been written about it in English is the yeah. problem. Like uh, I, I didn't bother fair. to do any research like <laughs> Don't I worry just sort about of took it. I was just it at asking face value. if you happen to know about it yeah, yeah. i the reason I, I took it at face value is mainly because um that sort of stuff was really really common during world war II, it does like, not especially early it does years. not
1: surprise me right the, a purging of left leaning teachers uh as a national policy policy or a local policy happens right. all over whenever a war starts <laughs> right exactly and and so. and
0: I I have read about other ones in Japan and it's like well, you know. Right. Yeah, of course, right. Uh but yeah. I do.
1: I did appreciate uh Sato pointing out that the the book of essays written by uh students, um the one she gets in trouble for reading that the principal eventually burns um is historically accurate to uh not not necessarily that they are using a real book, but such books existed. There yeah. is a move in the late '30s and revived post-war, of collecting children's essays about life. Yeah, um,
0: I, I mean, they still do it. I mean, like yeah. it's become uh, it's become standard practice to, like, at least collect student essays on their daily lives. Like that is yeah. a it's a thing. Like my my cho- my children have to do it. Like it's you're 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 asked to like. It's also just good practice. As a teacher right. to like ask <laughs> no, children good. to write about themselves. Like it's a thing that like helps them. Yeah. Um but personal yeah, essays
1: and, are a good way to
0: get people into writing. Yeah. So it's like, and well, then, I and, don't know what to write about. Is, well is, just is, write about what you
1: had for breakfast. Right. Um. And it
0: is considered a it is a thing that happens where they collect them even to this day and yeah. and we'll distribute ones that are particularly interesting or insightful. Um right. yeah. Right. And 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 like it's become you know, like what is liberal teaching policy in one era becomes sort of standard teaching policy in another era, and that can go the other way as well. Things that right, are right, right, like unnecessarily harsh or conservative in one era can be considered normal in the next. Um, but yeah, no, it, that that is sort of like it is interesting that that they talk about that. I think it's really fascinating because the steps you mentally as a society have to make to say knowing what's happening to other children in your world is inherently a communist plot <laughs> is is right. a really interesting line. You you walk down, right, as a society where you're like, ah, I see you're telling other people, you're distributing the stories told by these children to these other children so that they might in some way understand somebody that is not themselves or the people <laughs> around directly around them. That, my friend, is communism, and deserves <laughs> to be purged. Right. Let's
1: burn it before you get in trouble. Um, and that's, you know, another aspect of of that whole process is the principal who says, "Well, you're not in trouble with me, but but you might get in trouble with like the superintendent. So, let's let's not talk about this and get rid of the book."
0: Right. And right. it and it's his fear is like it's really an interesting fear, right? Because he's he couches it the way that, that people always do of like protecting her, which in, right. in in a way it will protect her from getting <laughs> arrested. Like he's not wrong right. that he she will there's a good chance she will be arrested, but him getting arrested all the other teachers in the office getting arrested, <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean. Like, it's not he's not fearing for her. I don't think, right? Like, it's very clear in his demeanor in the story that like this goes beyond his fear for her, right? This is a fear of like right. we could all just get you know at 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 minimum get fired. And keep in mind, right. you're you're dealing with a time right. Like the movie engages with poverty really strong, like really well. And you know you're dealing with a time where, like having a job like this is something that's really precious, right? You're not you're not fighting, you're not you're not starving. You know what I mean? Like that that's that's a whole other thing that the movie kind of like sort of deals with is the idea that like a job like this is worth its weight in gold in a lot of ways, right? Like you can pay your bills and you can like. Right live right in an era where like that's not necessarily the case for most people right like that's not true for a lot of people Uh, and what how fear of losing that is a really strong motivator for you to like just follow the rules just do what you're told keep your job
1: now the Wikipedia article has a different quote from Sato not from the documentary but Mm. but being quoted in a book and uh, maybe he did say this and and I missed it Um, But but they quote, say, uh, on Wikipedia, referencing a book called America's Wars in Asia, A Cultural Approach to History and Memory by M.E. Sharp, uh, which seems like it might be an interesting read. Um, But it is, uh, he says, Sato added that the film implies that the honest citizens of Japan were only victims of trauma and sorrow and fundamentally innocent of any culpability for the war. Had the movie assigned responsibility for the war to all Japanese people, opposition would have arisen, and it might not have become such a box office hit. Um, And certainly the second
0: part of that sentence is, is fair. But I don't know... It doesn't exactly jive with what he said in the the right. document. He he had a different, a slightly different take on that in the the documentary we watched, talking yeah. more about the idea that like he, Japanese people are just people, right, the same as everybody else. It it didn't quite get into sort of like Japanese people are not at all culpable for the war. It's it's interesting. It's it's Where? not exactly the same thing.
1: Where I'm interested there is either uh, i i'm very sympathetic to the idea uh that uh that a people are are marched to war you know against their will you know they're 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 manipulated into supporting war right right um and i'm certainly sympathetic to that i don't know that the movie necessarily well shows and that's shows that right the movie doesn't
0: show that and 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 i don't like (laughs) what i'm saying is is that like his statements in the documentary right deal more with the idea that like i guess i mean talking about the idea that like you know the the movie sort of does deal with the idea that like the people in the movie are kind of engaged with the war. They are, like, it obviously has taken over their lives in a lot of ways, but they also just have to continue living lives, right? Like, it, right, is right. a thing that also has to happen. Um, and, like, and trying to make their way through it, right? Um, I just, I think of the parade scenes
1: to, to, with each group of, uh, draftees where the people are singing, uh, our boys proudly say they won't come back <laughs> they won't right. come back alive unless they win right uh and then you know we get in the second one with the with like 10-year-olds singing a song about how these 14-year-olds are uh not afraid of death in in their flight training right um, uh yeah it's uh I feel like that is the movie presenting something cultural about the reasons the war happens. I appreciate that Sato, as a, as a Japanese national himself, wants to make that distinction. I appreciate that that, that distinction does exist in reality, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that this is national rhetoric uh, being for- <laughs> forced upon <laughs> a people who would not otherwise have gone this route. Um, but it's also interesting that that our movie shows us the whole town, the whole island, really well, yeah, and that, embracing and the, that right, national rhetoric pretty, that's pretty, pretty the openly. That's interesting
0: thing, right? Is that, like, well, we get into... The movie presents us with a really interesting logical puzzle, which is the puzzle that we always have when we deal with things like war, right? Which is you're somehow both symbiotic to it and also it's forced upon you at the same time, right? Like, you're you're both a part of it and it's forced upon you, but you're also a willing participant in it. It, it. These sorts of things are so deeply complicated. And one of the interesting things about this movie is we only have one person's perspective, right? And the one person's right. perspective we have is somebody who, in their heart, opposes what is happening, but is still going through the motions that they're required to go through, right? Which presents us as an audience with a really interesting question about, like, we can't see the interiority of any of the other characters, and that's any fair. any other people. No, and we, so we don't know. we don't know are they willing are they are they actually gung ho? Do they all want to be there? Are they all excited, or are they not? Because you sing your songs right, like I right. did the pledge of allegiance every fucking day. <laughs> that's
1: also fair for that is also eighteen very
0: true. years, and I and I and even after I realized it was like crazy nonsense, I continued to do it because I didn't want to like push against it. You know what I mean? I I yeah. felt no desire to actually right. push against this insane thing that I was doing.
1: You don't and, want to rock the boat too much,
0: right? Like I'd prefer to just graduate and get the hell out of Dodge. Like, and, thank you and, very yeah, much. To
1: a, to an extent where you don't want to rock the boat because of the harm that might come to yourself, right? Like Absolutely. the last time I went to a the last time I went to a major league baseball game, yeah. I I did not sing the national anthem, but I still stood up because I'm not going to have somebody throw right. You a beer don't want to get me. punched right. in the back
0: of the head or something, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and so like what I'm saying is like the movie presents us with the great question that exists in the universe, which is like you only know what's going on in you. You right, can't ever right, know what's right. going on in other people. And and the movie doesn't try to answer that question, not really. And so like we know what's going on in her and we can maybe extend that out to other people. There are certainly other mothers or other women and men in this like, a movie is specifically focused on the idea of sort of motherhood, an extension of motherhood. Right. But, like, the idea that there are other people in this village that look at this and feel the same thing. Like, someone I love is going off now to die. But there are certainly people who are also cheering enthusiastically. And those could be the same person.
1: Right, right.
0: And that's a really, and that's and that's sort of like where, like, we get into the sort of complication of any anti-war movie or any, any movie about war. Which is like, in and the talk about talk about who's culpable or not. It's like well, everybody and nobody. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, everybody and nobody at the same time, right? Like everybody is is it's it it's too complicated of a process for us to say like, you know, on a very high level, it can be like, yes, the military generals are probably responsible for this thing. Yeah, they are definitely bad guys. Um but like you know on the sort of down t- in the sort of villages level like are are the people on the docks cheering for right. the f- the family members that they know that are probably going off to die are they are they responsible right. how do they feel about it the only way we can know is in their own sort of telling of it right
1: and the songs themselves are them convincing
0: themselves that they're okay with it right right absolutely and like and, you know again you and i, you and I did, the, uh, did the fucking right pledge of allegiance to the national anthem every yeah. fuck like yeah. all the fucking time as kids right right yeah. and
1: and that cognitive dissonance gets so much so bad that our teacher just drops out of the system right she right, doesn't yeah, no. she, she recognizes she, she can't change the system to it. absolutely right
0: it's like i can't do this this is right. impossible for me to maintain right and like that's an interesting thing right like we talk about her be, her principal being afraid to get fired and all of right. what that means and in the end she, he you know he's still there but like her choice becomes it becomes untenable right it's like well, I can't right. have both of these things at the same time
1: that's also an interesting aspect to this though too right because there's uh there comes a time where her stance is untenable within the system right and you know as a as a pacifist i think about this a lot right there comes a time where where pacifism becomes untenable because the system has gotten so bad uh and you have choices at that point and dropping out of the system is certainly one of those choices um but then we reach the point on the far side where where it's important for for those people to get back into systems where they're teaching young people again, right?
0: Right, right absolutely.
1: So that this doesn't ho- hopefully doesn't happen again. Uh, your comment on on motherhood. Obviously, this movie is very very pro motherhood, right? Well, I we mean, a,
0: especially it's it's especially when you add in the documentary information about the yeah. book he actually wanted to write like, <laughs> right, the movie right, about, right. like. He's very much focused on the idea, like, and but motherhood is sort of more of a global concept than a like, yeah, specifically what women do with children or something like that. It's more of a right this idea I of like, caring is, for the young, right?
1: Yeah, there is one aspect of uh of the story though that pushes pushes back against uh, a cultural idea of motherhood as uh, a blood female relative too. Uh, I really feel like uh, Machan Matsu's character arc where her mom dies uh, and she's taking care of the baby uh, and then the baby dies and her dad and you know we never get a lot of what his motivation is right but obviously he's going through a lot of traumatic experiences right <laughs> um, and was even before his wife died um, because of his wife's illness certainly part of it Um and we get we get offhand that he beat her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat Matsu, um, and I appreciate that we don't actually see. I I think we still get the emotional impact of someone describing child abuse without, without showing child showing abuse, abuse yeah. and I I I wish that was a lesson that more movie makers learned. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think part of part of that maybe I'm reading too much into a situation, uh, but I feel like part of. Ma-chan's life storyline is this idea that she needs a mother figure that is not found in her teacher, you know, because she's sent away to live with an aunt, and that aunt becomes a sort of wicked stepmother. Well, but we get a really
0: fascinating thing, right, because it's all... I actually got really, really nervous for a little bit there, because... She's sent off to live with an aunt who's in theory in Osaka, but is definitely not in Osaka because right. we find her at a place that is not Osaka where <laughs> right, we tables. Right. And so you get in, I you have this really, at least me personally, I had a very momentary panic. Like, was what happened here? Like, why is she right. here instead of Osaka? What is what is foul that play? that her aunt? Right. Right. Like, uh, what is was, this foul play?
1: Like, was she somehow sold? Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, exactly. Of, Right. And, and and
0: so, and, and, you know, it, it, this is, you know, this era of Japan is better possibly a little bit than, about this, but like it was, you know, women not being viewed as valuable members of society and being essentially commodities to be, to be right sort of dispensed is a thing that happens, has happened right. in a lot of societies and is certainly present and then- in traditional Japanese society at various times. Right. And so I was like, oh no. And like, it's still a possibility of this movie. I mean... Right. Like and that, that, this and that,
1: that commoditization of of a woman's labor does not need to be sexual, right? No, um, no, not at all. And we saw it, we saw it even taking place in Canada a couple of weeks ago with our, our mon uncle Antoine and the the uh the young woman in that movie whose father <laughs> has essentially sold her to right, the, exactly. the exactly. local shop it, and shows up every payday to collect all of her wages. Right,
0: right, absolutely, and and yeah, it is. It is just. It was a very. It is probably weirdly enough one of the scarier parts of that. Right, movie right, absolutely. Because it sends you into a real serious spiral of like, why is she here? This is not her aunt's house in Osaka, and the thing is, is we go through that emotional ride with Oishi. Like we go with it because right. she's also going. Wait a minute, yeah. Why are you here? Is this your aunt Nosaka? Because this is not your aunt Nosaka. We are not Nosaka, right?
1: And it becomes just another emotional point for her of situations of these childhoods' lives, these children's lives that are outside of her control that that lead her to leave teaching, right? Yeah, Uh, has it's not? It's the nature of the system, right? And she is, she is she is very much presented as one person in that system and she has allies, right? There are other teachers around the country right, uh, who are going through similar things that we get hints at. Uh, but she is still just one person in this community pushing right. against that. And it's uh, <sighs> impossible to make those changes. <laughs> so I, un- I, I understand her dropping out of the system, right? right I guess right, is, is what I mean to say with that, uh, right? And,
0: yeah. and, and, and it's important to understand, like the right, like she, and also she has, she. We get into a cl- it presents you with another classical sort of scenario, right? Which is like she's also pregnant, she's going to have a right. child, right? And now suddenly this sort of like fear of retribution becomes deeply amplified, right? Like now if, if I don't drop out and I try to push back against this, it's not just me who suffers, right? It's not, it's no longer just a personal issue. It's a, it's like, well, now I have a child who will also suffer. And that is, that is a whole nother like extra level of calculation that she has to go through. Right. And, uh,
1: Right. Absolutely, of course. That boy will grow to by the end of the war. Call her mother and call his mother uh, a coward. Uh, but
0: <laughs> uh, true, that's true. And 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 then we do see him a little bit later, and like right, right. We we the but, movie the the few people we get any sort of emotional, uh, extra emotional information about also go through uh, go through changes, right? Like, and right. and her Absolutely. son is fully fully brainwashed at the At the end of the war and is like says se- makes a statement about how he didn't get to die right I- in like service of his of his country and, and how that's sad
1: how... and
0: right. and that's and that and that that statement is a deeply deeply sad statement right and how for, truly for sad is it
1: that someone we like his only parental authority has not been able to uh, break through right. that national I- ideology, right.
0: And, right? and like, well, and we watch what he goes through. Right? He wears a uniform, a, a militarized uniform, to school every day. He marches. He he isn't attending school anymore. He is he is a draftee at right. ten years old or whatever, right? Right. Um. Right. And like, it's it, it is interesting because by the time we get a little bit further in the movie. He's already sort of like, because, you know, children being very, very flexible and malleable, he's already started to move past a lot of that, right? Right. Like, he's not, he's no, he is still a, he is not (laughs) obviously resentful at his not having, not getting to die for his country. Right, Uh, right. Which, it's, it's interesting, just because, like, and and when you look at, like, the sort of people who are making movies and stuff in 1954, they were that kid, right, in a lot of cases, right? I don't know exactly how old the director was, but, like, you know, a lot of people are relaying their experiences in a lot of ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't, again, how old was uh Keisuke in, he was born in 1912, so he's a little, older, right? Like he would have been, I mean, I haven't read his 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 uh biography here, but like um my point is like this is a very real thing that people were going through and then talking about with their art after is being sort of fully fully being fully in in drowned in in, in propaganda and uh right and and uh I forgot what I was gonna say, but fully immersed in in that in that sort of indoctrination, right? Yeah. And
1: our director, you know, he was in nineteen forty he was drafted in the Sino Japanese oh, yeah, okay. War. He was sent to China. Right. Um but he got injured and spent less than a year in the war. Uh so, you know, he gets it's always interesting, you know, with our Japanese directors of this era to see who's who who interacted with the war and how, yeah, because how, almost yeah, inevitably well, the yeah. anti war films are made from people who actually fought in the war, right? And Absolutely. the pro war yeah. films are made from people who were draft dodgers, Mishima, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> we're looking at you, uh, um, well, that's the thing, right? Is it like, and that's the weird thing, is like it. it's really, I find dealing with these movies to be a really ex- interesting ex- exercise. In like the sort of textbooks I have and and general writings on these topics that I have read, which generally discuss the the post war era as being a lot of people feeling very confused and a lot of people trying to come to terms with the fact that this was a bad thing to do and it was a bad idea and they were and they felt led astray and that like the army took them down a dark you know tunnel that they shouldn't have gone down and all that and into like a dark place and like and a lot of complex emotions and and it's it's interesting to see that play out in film where an artist talks about these things in more abstract ways but like talking like you know who served in the war and hmm. then have to personally come to terms with like what what did I do and like why was I right. there and things like that yeah and and, um, and oftentimes those artists, the artist sentiment seems to match up with what I find in books about this era, except for every so often somebody somebody is completely not that. Yeah, right.
1: Uh, here's a good bit of information that I wish I had read, uh, read our director's Wikipedia page and, and found out this biography. <laughs> um, he traveled to France in 1951. First off, we get a date for that. Okay. Uh, but while in France, he met his idol, French director René Clare. <coughs> René Clare, we've seen a few films from, Les Millions, Anus la Liberté, um, early early films that we really loved. Uh, Anus la Liberté, in particular, is the movie about the uh, workers seizing the record, uh, right? Uh, the record player factory, and <laughs> automating it so that they <laughs> they can spend all of their time fishing while...
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yep
1: while still making a living. Um, I love that movie. I love that movie yeah. so much. <laughs> uh, Under the Roofs of Paris, also around that same time. And uh, I think that might be all that we've seen from him, but I can't remember. Uh, so, yeah, ob- <laughs> obviously, if if his idol was not only a uh, a lyrical, interesting, almost, you know, surrealist not really surrealist but but some surreal elements in what he did uh french director who he gets to meet in paris um, right with with socialist leanings as well right 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 um, not all that surprising uh unfortunately the other movie we'll get to watch from him is not this but uh our our lead actress here uh uh Hideko Takamini, um, is also the star of one of his earlier films, Carmen Comes Home, which yeah, is a I musical comedy yeah. and the first Japanese color feature.
0: Yeah, I saw that. It looked really that also looks very. interesting. It came out
1: in fifty one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd be interested in watching that too. Might have to.
0: I mean, you, to put I mean that we that may have a found our list, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> right, honestly speaking. Right. But yeah, uh, an interesting thing we haven't t- dealt with a lot here that I do want to talk about you know before we sort of run out of time on this episode um is that um I I talked I don't I often talk about the movies we're going to watch with my my family and mm. I brought this one up and immediately uh Rumi's like was like oh The teaching movie like the the movie about a teacher like she'd never seen it but um it's it's super famous like this movie is crazy (laughs) super famous
1: it's kind of surprising she never saw it given the amount of remakes and adaptations that have existed she seems (laughs) inevitable that she caught some of one of them
0: she (laughs) might have but she's she'd never seen the original for sure yeah and and because i asked her about it and we were talking about the fact that like this is a has been a huge influence on a lot of people becoming teachers yeah uh, this movie has been very influential in like producing teachers in japan because in every <laughs> that way and, like i I've, I've worked in the teaching uh industry in japan for a long time and in every inevitably this is uh, now i've'cause i'd I've never seen the movie like uh like oishi is like the model teacher for yeah like, despite the fact that the movie is basically about trauma and a, and a <laughs> right. and how bad, right. and how hard it is to, how horrible inside it can be to be a teacher, which, right. as a teacher, has a it does play, I don't know if maybe it doesn't, yeah. but it feels like it might play a little bit different if you are a teacher, to be like, yeah, man, this, because this, even if you're, like, even if your students aren't dying in a war, like, you watch right. them grow up and deal with the fact that, like, it doesn't always work out. Like it just then, does it. yeah. And that the trauma these depressing. kids,
1: the traumas these kids have, aren't just because of the war, aren't exactly. just because of the depression. Uh, certainly, the war and the depression exasperates a lot of the yeah, issues, absolutely. but there are issues that exist for children across eras. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and and certainly yeah you know, that exists
0: today in america and and in japan japan no doubt as well yeah. um i mean you know, I, like uh, to be like really frank like i don't teach children anymore which is a kind of a blessing because teaching children is a i i like teaching children but it is it is both harder and also involves a lot yeah. more like in a lot more ways a lot more trauma because their lives are so much more like malleable at that time like the things that can happen are so Being that far back in a person's life, the trajectory of their lives can be influenced so much more heavily by things that are beyond their control. Uh, And that's depressing. Uh, It can be depressing. Uh, Now I teach university students, but even then, like, you know, it is not uncommon for a student to tell you that they are leaving school because of X issue that is 100% out of their control. Even at 18 years old or 19 or 20, to have a student say, like, oh, I mean, I'm enjoying school, but I have to go because insert thing right. that is both beyond their control and usually quite sad and depressing. And, right. and, and it, like, you, as a teacher, that's just the thing. You have to, and you have to look at that student and you have to figure out, like, what do I say to somebody? And you have to think, like, what. Like, I, there's nothing I can do to help you. Like, I, and I wish I could, right? right? And that's, it's, oof. and,
1: and so often that is her reaction.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because she, her catchphrase becomes, do I don't
1: know what to say.
0: Yeah. Because right? there's nothing I c- you can say, and there's just nothing you can do except for, like, right. you can try to commiserate, but even that starts to sound hollow, right? It's like, right. you don't need my sympathy. You don't want me, like, you don't Listen. you don't need anything i don't there's nothing i can give you here like there's just nothing i can do and it's it's a depressing thing about yeah. this and but this is also the movie that is is responsible for making quite a few teachers in japan because there is a right. certain s- type of person or something i suppose that sees that and says that's still what i want to do <laughs> like you know what i mean uh and that's interesting as well right like um, As I, I want to be that person to these, to somebody. Right. Yeah.
1: I think about that mentality, you know, because the, the whole, this has me thinking broader too. Right. And of course a good, a good movie should, uh, and certainly the way we talk about movies always. Uh, right. But, uh, you no, know, just that, that, that life circumstances of I need to quit school uh, because one of my parents can't work or, or mm-hmm. both, yeah. you know, um, and I need to, I need to help out financially, mm-hmm. uh, is always the thing. Right. And I mean, then the yeah. way, yeah, usually the way the U S has sort of solved that issue in as much as it has attempted to solve that <laughs> yeah, issue this is, gonna be, is with, well, is with, is with carceral responses to make it illegal, uh, for, for children well, under and, a certain and age lots of to be outside have, of school. Right, lots of countries have.
0: But, like, there's always the line at which the gov- society has to say, well, we can't demand it anymore. Right, right? of course. Like, every society has a line where they say, after this point, it's optional. And, of right. course, pres- immediately, as soon as that is the case, people for whom it is not optional, or for whom it is optional, who need it to be optional, will take that option because they have to. Right. right. But it's just it's it is once again
1: an example of something where uh, where the society I live in has decided that uh, the clear problem is a lack of resources. But instead of just supplying those resources,
0: or right. even just it, it making it easier a, to get those resources,
1: yeah. it's you're not trying hard enough. And by the way, if you don't try harder, uh, one of you is going to jail. We'll decide which one later.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> Well, and then you, you throw in the fact that, like, I mean, like, the the American issue is so much more deeply compounded, right, when you start throwing in, like, really weird stuff like, oh, right, and also you have to have enough money to, like, feed this kid while he's there. Right. Like, you have that, right? Oh, you don't have that? We're not going to do it. Right. right. I hope your child likes bread and water. <laughs> like, it's like, wait, what? Like, what? And I, like,
1: huh? You know, fortunately, I live in a, in a school system where – uh lunch and breakfast are in fact free. Right. Uh, when school is meeting in person, at least, which I mean is another, another aspect of the whole COVID thing, right? That Columbus city schools are not ventilated well enough for it to be safe to return to in-person teaching or right. right? in-person learning. That's just a fact. All right. Uh, <laughs> these schools are old. They are run down. Uh, <laughs> And I mean, yeah, you don't the want the, the
0: COVID min- mingling with the asbestos. <laughs> I mean,
1: right, right. I mean, this is literally a school system where uh, August 2019 school was canceled for three days because the buildings were too hot. Yeah, and there's no HVAC system in them.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm on level with you. Most Japanese <laughs> elementary schools didn't have <laughs> air conditioner even even now, but like they are getting them. They are. Right,
1: right. No, I'm not going to say. It's I'm not going to say It's bad. Say it's bad. It wasn't uniquely, but a lot, of, a
0: lot of people were like, oh, wait, we need to air right. condition our children? What?
1: It's not a uniquely Columbus problem. Just and and obviously, there. you know, in previous generations, uh, it was seen as less of a problem. But in previous generations, it was not sustainably. It also wasn't 105 <laughs> degrees like every it day. It wasn't 105 degrees for a, bu- degrees yeah, for a yeah, week. Totally. Yeah, Um Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Um, but that the lack of uh in-person learning means some of these kids aren't getting right yeah uh, two Absolutely. meals they would have gotten otherwise a day and uh columbus has mean, come like, up with some yeah. solutions to that okay. delivery food uh uh <coughs> certain cafeterias still being open for like takeaway uh was something that they were doing earlier at least, mm. I don't know if that has continued. I would hope, um, but, I,
0: one would really, really hope. Yeah,
1: and I have heard about other school districts who have who reached a solution to that problem by just using their school buses. Then you get to pay the driver too, using their school buses as food delivery and taking a box lunch to uh, I mean, the to kid, every the, student.
0: The, the, the bus was going to drive that way anyway if the school was open. Right. I mean, right, right,
1: exactly. Um, so there, are, there are workarounds for that, <laughs> and and some school systems are definitely trying um, and utilizing resources in a good way to keep people uh, there fed and learning. And obviously it is a, it is not a great, not a great situation for anyone, no matter what. Right. Um, but, but uh, you know, like the CDC announced this week that, that in-person learning should be safe and that's the big headline. But, they leave off all the caveats. In person, in person learning is safe if you meet all three, uh, at least three of these criteria. On, right. Uh, Which? On,
0: what percentage of schools in America on, actually right. meet those all three of those criteria is a really on important question. On distancing,
1: on distancing, on class sizes, and on ventilation, primarily. Right. And like Columbus doesn't. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I think. I think probably <laughs> Columbus most doesn't meet system,
0: any of them. Ne- nearly every school system in the United States is. Has had its right. budgets cut to the point where, like, you certainly don't meet the, the like classroom size, yeah. distancing uh, requirements.
1: Drew Merriweather, who is the uh, the cartoonist of Toothpaste for Dinner, a longtime favorite web comic of ours. Uh, I guess I'm speaking for you out of turn, I, I, there, but I'll I think you that. like it too. I haven't, I haven't read <laughs> it.
0: I don't know. I didn't know yeah. it still existed, but I, I it, it, it certainly was a okay. favorite in my past. It's
1: not something I'm looking at daily anymore, certainly, but. But I do follow him on Twitter, and he posted this week that uh, that his child, who is not currently actually attending school in person, even though Columbus uh, City and the suburbs have gone back to in-person learning, uh, he happens to live in a district where they can choose to, to learn uh, remo- remotely still. Uh, but he learned that— uh, the school district for the students who are meeting in person at the middle school have a 15 minute max uh, mask break every day. What? <laughs> where where the kids can take off their masks and run around which wow which is not it's it's I mean one is just bad messaging like the right. masks are punishment and you get this moment of relief, right? But also the the nature of it is very bad, and as Drew pointed out, uh, this is probably why we get updates of one to three kids being infected uh, every day.
0: Uh, right from oh, the school gosh, district, that's terrifying. Right? Uh, uh, it, yeah, well, it's you know, it, uh, yes, I agree, one hundred percent. I also, you know, children are right. interesting right. creatures, right. Right. and well, like it
1: got me on all that. Obviously, right. again, gets back to it, and one of. One of the issues, and we've talked before um, about Dorothy Roberts uh, and her uh, her research, her advocacy of uh, child welfare being its own carceral system, you know, and was, we have set up a system where we're taking children away from parents who lack resources instead of just giving the family the resources to right. respond. Right, absolutely. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it's a lot of the pro- obviously the war is a big problem here but a right. lot of the other problems are just a lack of resources uh, being put together right and the weird thing is that this movie even suggests that it would actually be possible for the community to have gotten together and take, taken care of each other right because yeah. when the kids when the kids all get to their house and they have the big noodle meal everybody sends a little something back to the teacher pounds right. of beans pounds of rice a big bag of sardines right and if
0: all of that was just pulled in a different way right it well, suggests and, but right exactly totally absolutely and 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 you know the movie talks in a very very roundabout way in that regard talks about the fact that the system is all all the almost nearly every person we meet like a, a huge percentage of the of the children are the children of people who are struggling to make ends meet in right. a society that very clearly has them shipping off their all that they make very nebulously and making no money on it right like right 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 to the point where they can barely support it. there's a few who are doing okay obviously we do see some yeah. families that are doing fine uh but of and course we, we the, the movie does like to does decide to also point out to us that like one of the children of the the even the even the children of the people who are doing fine also are suffering trauma. Uh right. and also one of them just straight up gets killed in the war. Like just straight right. up like, yeah, him too. He's gone. Yeah. Um yeah. but like it it is interesting because like the movie doesn't directly engage with it. But like clearly something's using up all the fucking resources in this town. Right. Just straight up. And the, obviously the answer is the war slash capitalism. Right. Uh yeah, but and, like, like and of nobody course. Nobody's got any money and no one has any resources despite the fact that they're working every fucking day.
1: Right. another aspect of this is that a lot we could write off a lot of the poverty here uh is an aspect of the fact that the early part of this movie does take place during the Great Depression. Right. Right. Uh, but there are still people living comfortably during, yeah. like, like our movie opens in 1928, and day one, our main character's mom is sewing a new kimono for the banker's daughter, absolutely, uh, who is too plump for her old one. Right. Um,
0: well, and, uh, and and well, yeah, absolutely. And they so play we, get, you, we get we get a I very early establishment.
1: Yeah we get a very early establishment that, that there are still people living very comfortably.
0: Right. right. And and we do. And like, and you get into this really interesting thing. Like, oh man, later on when, when the one family call, like that owns the inn that's f- doing fairly well and the daughter wants to go to the conservatory, but that like you get into this really weird sort of headspace where like, uh, we, she is like, oh, I don't like really want to, comment on this kind of thing and then also <laughs> right, like right and then also like kind of hashtag like wealthy people problems kind of thing going on where it's like <laughs> right. like conservatory not conservatory like you can send her to a conservatory like and this may be us adding our own extra layer to it but i was certainly like you literally just like a, a, a movie time five seconds ago had to deal with like a child who right is basically going is at risk of starving to death and you're right. like and like should I go to the conservatory I should not let her go to the conservatory can you talk some sense into her and like and it, but those are real those are real problems for that child like that is right. it's real exactly. right like exactly. and so it's it's still her. it's still a thing she has to engage with um and, and like
1: listen, even the system they are in even being the big fish in that system uh does not mean that life is completely perfect for them. Right, right? absolutely. And this child's just... In going to study music at a conservatory, that suggests a way out of this system, right?
0: Right, right. Uh, And and a self-determination
1: way out of this system. So I I sympathize with her. No, yeah, absolutely. It's (laughs) just...
0: It's interesting because the movie presents us with a really wide spectrum of, like, the sort of possibility space of what children absolutely are forced to deal with right like right. and 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 that like this this is no less like mom and dad maybe just need to like lay off but whatever i mean like uh but like it's just interesting because even in that scenario right like they're they are like people are like fishing every day we see people at the quarry working every day yeah and they're they're all poor Like you know what I mean? Like it's like, and that and that that is in itself in the movie. I think an indictment, right? Like at least, like
1: it is the non-satirical, non-metaphorical, non-surrealist women of the Dunes.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like
1: it is the being stuck in the system so only to support the system.
0: Right. (laughs) and and like the and it and it and it does not get better right. like it's Im- it's important to be clear in the movie the war ends she's poor because she lost her husband and like she's working a job that doesn't pay enough to like really support an entire family by herself right um she's certainly not getting paid like you know we can talk about pay gaps and stuff like that but like uh she's certainly not getting paid enough to support her family well right um, and and like the so we see her in that same situation, right? Like that, there that her her students w- have been in in her past, and so her children are now the children that she was helping. You know what I mean? And and in, right. in a very real way, right? Like who may or may not be able to go to school because can she afford to send them to school and and things like that? And then you know we see those adult the adults who were her children later on and many of them, most of them are still trapped in this system. Like they're all right. just still there in that system. At least the ones who survived.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, and that's like, I mean the movie doesn't present you with like an answer to the question that is, that is uh, capitalism, but it does yeah. present you certainly with the, With the problem,
1: it does land on a hope that the next time, the next circle will be a little bit different, right? Right. Um, but it is very much like you know, (laughs) like uh, uh, that the the key phrase from before the rain, you know, that we watched a few weeks ago. The the circle repeats, or the circle is not quite round. I think is essentially. Yeah, I can't remember the exact phrase. Yeah. Uh, but you know we get <laughs> we get when she comes back to teach again uh Koto's little sister is played by the same actress who played Koto yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and uh, we get uh, the children of of you know former students as well right uh yeah it's it's interesting um because it is there is this the cynical reading that that this is just a process that's starting over again right uh and then there is the hope that 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 change has been made and obviously you know the the party with the uh with the now 20 year old for uh, former students is an indication that there is there is hope right that, right. that things I mean, can change
0: right it, they're they're they are certainly they are more positive people than they then sort of like society one would suspect suspect no, I can't speak. Uh would have supposed that they w- that could have come out of all that trauma. But right. you know, they are they are still they are still trapped, right? They are still there and and uh, even for example, the the uh, I forget I've I've now blanked out, I think what is her name? Matsuo, I think? Uh, what's her name? The the one who yeah to Machan run off the, the one who yeah, yeah. went the the conservatory like she's there oh no 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 on.
1: Machan's the one who was the waitress um,
0: um I have to look it up I can't remember now the names of all the characters anymore uh where is she
1: uh, Masu- Masuno wants to go to yeah there it is yeah
0: yeah Masuno she is back running the inn for her family like, right that's what she's doing so like she's more positive she seems more content. But she's still there. Right. Uh, and it's not necessarily meant to be read as a negative thing, per se. Like, I mean, it's like, it's also, it is also dealing with a little bit of sort of a, a sort of sentimentality and nostalgia of, like, you can be a teacher of the children of the children you taught. And there is something, right. there. the movie is playing a really interesting thing there, which is, like, as a teacher, that's also, there's something kind of gratifying about that idea, right? Like, that it's not a single generation of children that you're dealing with. You deal with your students' children later on down the line and stuff like that. They're like, mm-hmm. you you have the opportunity... And, like, you know, somebody like our main character, this time, maybe she does have a little bit more freedom to, like, teach them what she wants to teach. In 1954, you know, it is going to get, for a while, a little bit more liberal about what she can teach them. It's unlikely, you know not quite yet but like it will um it is an interesting thing to think about right like at least there's not a war this time right but like some of the problems will be the same problems right and and i don't know it it is it's not necessarily pur- purely painting that then those children being there is a bad thing but it is it is it is telling that this movie inspired a lot of people to become teachers yeah that like somewhere in there there's a there's a thing that people desire to be able to do, which is something like to the effect of like influence these children's lives and then influence their children's children- you know their children's lives you know and that sort of thing right yeah
1: it's uh it's certainly an emotionally impactful
0: movie <laughs> i mean i yeah i mean this so. was definitely this movie definitely had me in tears quite a bit um uh, you know.
1: What do they call this? Uh, a three-handkerchief film?
0: I, I, I don't... Yeah, the... maybe. Uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I found it very affecting. Um, it is interesting that some of the responses are, at least the the one from... The one from... Uh, uh, from uh, Slant Magazine basically described this movie as this... Basically, if I'm paraphrasing it, like, sentimental garbage. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I mean... I, I don't know, like I feel like it is it is a fairly still very affecting movie despite it being pretty far time wise removed from yeah you know day to day experiences
1: yeah um box essay suggests uh or maybe this is some other writing of hers that i I read over while I was reading this. I think it's in the essay uh but she she calls this movie more directly aimed at uh says its anti-war message is more directly aimed at Japan itself than she feels either Ozu or Kurosawa uh
0: did. Uh I I um, kind of see I kind of understand what that would mean. Yeah.
1: And she talks about Kurosawa's earliest anti-war stuff being uh like uh post-a-bomb, you know. Yeah. Yeah. stuff. And and Ozu is Ozu's more anti-occupation in our right. yeah calling Ozu in our anti-war relationship is with Ozu, Ozu so bit yeah right. it's, it's hard <laughs> yeah um which certainly yeah uh Ozu Ozu in our relationship well you know this Ozu's relationship is is weird too though cuz there's the one is it Tokyo Story, where the one woman is, uh, the one daughter is a war widow. Yeah, I think so. And it's, I, yeah, and it's very much in conflict uh, over uh, honoring the dead and and moving on, right? Right. Um, and I, I don't mean, know. I don't know that that gets to be anti-war either. No, it's and not that's exactly pro-war, right? like, but it's it's just this right. other. Relationship. It's almost
0: it. It's, almost, it, it, it's it, that movie still. That movie, if if that's the right one, I'm thinking of, it yeah. feels more of like a commentary on like the proper place of people in society than anything else. Right. Uh, that, oh, I like right. Ozu's direction and stuff, but like Ozu's, I don't want to de- too deeply explore Ozu's <laughs> politics. Um, right. Like, but this one feels very clearly anti-war, and and and. I think the point that we're getting in that 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 quote is the fact that like especially post A bomb specific directors and this I still see this in J- Japan today is a very strong tendency to just like well war is bad like just a very blanket statement which is g- good on totally accurate 100% right. not arguing that but by by making it very general it's very easy for people in any society to write it out of as he's not talking to me Right. This is not about me. This is about those warmongers, someplace else. You're right. not talking to me, and 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 that that's an important point, right? Because in post-war Japan, it's very easy to sort of it could be very easy to make a movie that's like, well, war's bad, like, a bombs are bad, like, we shouldn't right. do it anymore. And and like that's a great statement to make, but it doesn't directly address the internalities in your own society that create war, and have created war in your society, right? Whereas right. something like this isn't necessarily tra- talking about the sort of antecedents to it, but it is at least saying like, look, this is what the war meant to you and to your neighbors, right. and this is what this is is, is a yeah. war film about. Japanese society and about what war, the war was like for people who could have been the person next door it may have been you. And I think there's, a, that is an important difference between that and like, Hey man, war is bad and it sucks. Dude. Right. Right. So to come back to, to
1: Sato's commentary that we sort of started with, uh, where he talks about the movie, not assigning responsibility to, of the war to all Japanese people. You no, know, maybe, uh maybe what he's getting at and maybe maybe a reading I can't agree with is something this movie is definitely trying to do is say, you were involved with this. It's yeah, not no, your there's fault, no and way you can you do better. The, yeah, no,
0: there's no <laughs> right? way. I don't think you could actually read this movie as <laughs> saying that, like, this isn't, you weren't involved. Uh, I mean, like, everybody absolving. does march in the, yeah. the
1: parade. <laughs> the movie is not absolving the, the Japanese no, no. people. No, I, I think what it's is trying, saying, right. It is saying, we can do better,
0: all right? We right, just gotta like, try and and this and I do think this movie is really poignantly actually meant to address people in nineteen fifty four like this movie right. is a movie for the time that it takes place it is is nice that it is affecting for us as people later viewers, but it is saying to them, "Hey, remember, you did that thing, and then all the people you know died, and your town sucks because of it, and oh, yeah. it's all bad now, and it's bad because this thing we did this thing, and you were there too." and yeah. you're and and it and it i think it it is a it is weirdly enough for a, such a gentle emotional movie extremely confrontational <laughs> about the right. fact that like there's no even our main character who is very clearly anti-war marches in the march she's there and 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 so the movie says to you even if you didn't like it you were there too right. and that's i think an important message to send to people because it's the same thing you and I were talking about it's like whether I liked it or not I did say the pledge of allegiance every day right like you you know what I mean like you were there too and 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 look at what happened yeah not necessarily that it was your fault but like you were there and look what happened right. and of course her dropping out of society uh
1: to protect herself in that instance also doesn't save her from other tragedy
0: no no all all it saves her from is possibly i guess probably going to jail in in reality that's about all it all it saves her is from like instead of just being ostracized being actually thrown in jail right because now nobody cares what her opinion is it doesn't matter anymore
1: but also the other tragedy it saves her from isn't just the war her husband dies in the war, yes. Yeah, no, but The absolutely. daughter is the daughter is just a random accident, right? There's no, there's no accounting for all tragedy in life, right? right? And, and, some and, stuff and is going to happen. Her but.
0: daughter dying is, I think, one of the really is one of the more interesting moments in the movie because it it does remind you that like, war or not, like there's still going to there is going to be suffering, like it's right. going to happen, like whatever else we
1: do to mitigate suffering there will still be suffering to mitigate unfortunately
0: right and right. like and there's nothing but keep in mind it does also point out to you that there's a very clear reason why her daughter was in that tree and that is yeah. because she was starving right that like accidents right. some accidents accidents will happen trauma like that like these sorts of things will happen but also they can be our fault right like right. in a in a in a more disconnected way that child doesn't need to be in that tree trying to pull out right. unripe fruit because she can't afford to eat, despite the right. fact that her mother is working and trying to p- provide for the whole family. That's craziness. Right. Like That shouldn't be right. happening. And the movie wants you to know that that shouldn't be happening. But also, sometimes children fall out of trees. Yeah. Yes. But even,
1: but even in this instance, that, is a, that child's death is a societal
0: problem. Right, right. right. It's it still the result of societal, uh, like, failure. problems, and and that's right. and the movie wants you to remember that.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, and and you know, you know, one of her students dying of tuberculosis. How does a how does a nineteen-year-old get tuberculosis?
0: Absolutely. Well, she well, and like, and the movie describes it in very broad terms, but she worked herself to death. She was right. worked absolutely. To death. She didn't work herself to death. She was worked. Right. To death. She was worked to death. Um yeah. no, I mean i again i like this legitimately might be one of it is a weirdly one of the most confrontational post war Japanese movies like outside of something like Suzuki esque that is just like <laughs> right right ba- just like in just batshit shit insanity right. beginning to end that's just like yeah. in your face for a movie that is is nominally about a teacher's story yeah it is it is deeply willing to talk about why trauma happens and why tragedy happens right
1: right it's yeah it's phenomenally affecting i was yeah
0: i i i I just literally might be one of my favorite movies we've ever watched (laughs) right i'm not even
1: and it yeah it makes sense uh in 54 that it connected with an audience um it makes sense that it connected so well that the I mean the book was written in fifty two, right? You know, it's a quick turnaround. And, right, yeah, and, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and, and world, I, I like you know, the Japan the was ready
1: for for that message. As, yeah, no, as far and, and as it I does, understand it.
0: Yeah, it does line up with a message that I think was Right. growing in Japan about like trying to come to terms with everything, right? right. Yeah.
1: But this was a film version was made, remade in 1987. Uh, television re- remakes of this happened in 64, 67, 74, 76,
0: 79, <laughs> 2005, and 2013. Boy, man, why?
1: And there was an anime version in
0: 1980. Like <laughs> um, I, legit, I understand this is just the way things work, but like, why did why did we remake this movie so many times? What's going on? Like. This is pretty good. Don't know I that really, this is strictly speaking necessary.
1: I really love that the the seventy four and the seventy six versions were
0: both by NHK. So like, what? Well, why didn't you... okay, like it's complicated, <laughs> but like NHK has a lot of specific time blocks that are supposed to be filled with certain kinds of content. Okay, and and like probably they. Probably one was a hit, and they were like, oh, well, like, we have a different way to do it. Like, there's we'll – I don't know which one it time block it was, but there's, like – there are time blocks that are meant to be – there's literally time blocks on NHK that are meant to be viewed by teachers and students together. Okay. The way the PBS does stuff. Yeah. And something like this would fit – and because you're not going to re-show old ones probably, I can see how – you would be like, well, we'll just do know. that again. We like that. That was really good. a yeah, seventy-six to seventy-four one. It's not even old at that point. <laughs> no, I know. And, but but it might also be a different time block too. Who knows? Yeah. It's it's that sort oh, of. Oh, like one way... one
1: was made student oriented and one and was the other more was for made general. for
0: like because there's also they have a time block that's in the morning that's meant for like like there's another time block that's in the evening that's meant for like families to talk about it's. Mm-hmm. I get it. The story would be slightly different to like talk to them about a specific thing, and they're oftentimes historical dramas. But one might be a historical drama, and one might be t- contemporary set. There's all kinds of. An HK does makes a lot of content, like just a stupid <laughs> amount of content, because those dramas show literally every day, all year round. It's crazy the amount of content they put out.
1: Well. I think we could probably draw this to a close this week. We have been talking about the phenomenal 24 Eyes uh, from 1954, directed by uh, Kiyosuke Kinoshita, working on the novel of the same name by uh, <laughs> by Suboi.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: by yeah. your boy. Good old Suboi. Uh, Saki Suboi. Sub- suboi? Or sub- I don't it know. Should be o- How do it you... should
0: be Oi. Yeah, I mean, there should be an I o-i. sound. The, but... Oh.
1: I still don't know how to handle vowels in.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, all, uh, those, uh, it's all those. It's all those romance languages. Screwing with your head, right? Right? Exactly. You're like, oh, <laughs> um, these these need all kinds of like all these vowels could have different pronunciations depending <laughs> on where they are. I'm like, mm, not so much,
1: not so much. Ah,
0: well, good to learn, good to know.
1: Maybe I'll actually accept that information
0: into my brain. No, this no I mean after I eight won't. years or whatever it is. I, I mean, won't. it's okay, man. <laughs> we love you for it. That's all I can oh, say. Oh, thank
1: you. That's very kind of you. Next week, we'll be talking about a French film from 1950 by Max Uffaut's, uh called Le Ronde. Uh, look forward to that. Know nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> Le Ronde, I think, is uh, carousel in French, even though carousel sounds like it should be a French word. I don't know. Anyway, look forward to that. Should be fun. But this week, we have been greatly enjoying 24 Eyes. So, thank you so much for listening to Lost and Criterion. I am as always the Adam Glass with me, as always, John Patrick O'Atari Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Lost in Criterion. I'm your co-host Adam Glass. You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My partner is John Patrick Oletari Dorgan and you can find him at Dorgan. Check out more of the show at LostinCriterion.com or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Criterion. Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Pape. Check him out at JonathanPape.com And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.